Well, you've heard it here first. Revelation Wellness Instructor Training. You can become a Revelation Wellness Instructor Training in this next season once again completely online. Okay, I'm kind of laughing because you guys, I just want you to know, this is not how I would want it. I We value in-person, face-to-face. We value it so much, but I will say, the online experience that we are having in this class with people that we have found a way to truly connect and get small to get big. Uh, Over 540 instructors came through our last class in Platoon 25 or are going through now. And we expect that same ability and numbers of people to come into Platoon 26, but do not worry. You will not get lost in a sea of people. This matters to us that you know that your voice is needed, your presence is welcomed, and Platoon 26 is calling you. If you have ever fought, how about this? You know people in your life who could use this type of refreshment. Well, you're called. Don't question it. Don't come, you know, you can sit with all the obstacles and reasons why. I would encourage you, if cost or time is a reason, take it before the Lord. Expose your heart to Him and ask Him to seek you and know you. And He is the provider. He is the giver. So have a phone conversation uh, with one of our enrollment advisors or attend with you Zoom calls with a bunch of other people who are asking the same questions. So swipe up on the show notes and get yourself a download a packet specifically for Platoon 26. Again, it's completely online for nine weeks. The classes start February 2nd, Tuesday or Thursdays. You have a virtual retreat April 8th through 11. And even inside that virtual retreat, we are finding ways for you to connect with people, flesh and blood, within COVID-friendly guidelines, of course. The cost is $13.95, you guys, $1,000 off our normal price. And I'm just telling you, I see that the tunnel is starting to brighten. There's a light at the end of this tunnel. Once COVID lifts, we have uh, intentions to gather again in person. I don't know what things will look like in training after this. We're just really seeking the Lord moment to moment. This is the only time I can guarantee right now that if you thought about it and you missed Platoon 25, you missed that season of training, um, don't miss it. You save an additional $200 by registering for instructor training by January 19th. So that takes the price down to $11.95. All right, swipe up on the show notes, download a packet, and tell somebody. Some of you feel scared about this, and you kind of don't know what to say, and you want to bury it and pretend you didn't hear it. Well, that's not for you. And guess what? Speaking of that, my guest today is the beloved Jamie Ivey. You guys, maybe you, you don't know her. I don't know where you've been. If you don't know her, Jamie has one of the highest ranking faith Christian podcasts. Uh, She is a woman who is chasing after God on mission, and she just released her her second book called UBU, Why Satisfaction and Success Are Closer Than You Think. Um, Jamie is awesome. You guys, I'm sure if you follow her on Instagram, she's kind of like, I think of her as the Oprah (laughs) of podcasting for the, the women and men of God. She just is championing you towards to be the fullness, to 
step into the fullness and the life that God has called you to. So she pretty much shares a lot of her story of stepping into her own gifting and that calling. And we do, we talk about comparison. We talk about this, uh, the, the way we have to show up to social media if we're gonna engage with it. Uh, we talked about burying our gifts. You guys, again, if you've thought about becoming an instructor or you know God has put a call on your life and it feels bigger than you and then you just want to go and bury the talents, listen to the podcast today. Jamie is going to encourage you because she truly is living in such a fruitful season of a small little yes. You guys, the little yeses. The little by little and suddenly, boom. And I will say that that's just where Jamie is right now. And I pray that her pinata busting open and sharing with you today in the season that she is in is only going to speak to your divine call specifically as you step into being you. Enjoy this interview. Thanks for hanging out. And we will see you next time. Peace. Jamie Ivy, welcome to this podcast. Finally, I feel like I have been setting a plate for you for about three years to come to this podcast. So it feels like a dream come true. So welcome. Thanks for saving me a seat at the table. This Always. Is, I am so happy to be at this table with you. You are a good friend at, to anyone's table. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. What are you on the Enneagram? I'm a six. What is that? The loyalist? We are loyalists. Yes. Our deadly whatever would be fear. So our oh, motivator yes. would be fear, but they do call us the loyalists. So yes. Oh, see, so you're a good friend to people. Yes, I am, I am a good friend. I don't need a lot of friends, but the right. friends I have, I'm real. I'm I, I'm try so hard to be a good friend. That's so good. That's so what are good. you? Just curious. What do you think I am? Oh, I don't like playing this game because I'm always. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I'm an eight. Oh, a, challenge, a challenger, right? I mean, come on, the challenger. So I like yes. eights. They're good to have in your corner. That's for they, sure. Yeah. Jess Conley, my friend Jess, you know, Jess, mm -hmm. she's a good, strong eight. So her and I help like make sense of each other sometimes like, I oh yes, this is how it's backfiring today or yes, good yes. for you. Yes. All right, you guys. So Jamie wrote, this is your second book, Jamie. It yes. Is. Yes. Um, you be you. Your first one was um if, if you, you really knew. if you only knew read that from front knew. to back that's a great yeah. book guys and second book UBU uh the subtitle is why satisfaction and success are closer than you think okay Jamie you know it's the question why'd you write the book you know you mentioned my first book and so I released that book in 2018 and I, I like to think of that book as in if someone you know put me in a corner and said, you get one book to write. Like, that's it. You get one book. It mm. would have been that very first book. It was my mm -hmm. story. It was the way God rescued my life, the way he continues to rescue me. It was a story of me um, quitting believing the lies that, you know, Satan was so good at making me believe about shame and not being worthy and not being used. And so yeah. it's kind of memoir-esque, which is weird to write, you know, in your late thirties, but that book was really special to me. It was my story. Yeah. And then after that, I started hearing a lot of questions from women about, um, I don't think I have anything to do. I don't think I have anything to share. I don't think I have anything to bring to the table. I don't wow. think I have a voice because, yeah. and the reasoning was not because they honestly didn't think they were good enough. It was because they didn't think they were like her. And so, oh, yeah. I just kept hearing this over and over again. Well, it must be easy for you because you're like this, or mm. she has it easier because she's this. And I started just really thinking and God was, and God's done a lot in my life because I'm not saying I've never 
thought these things or struggled with this. And then I don't now and I won't tomorrow, you know? And so <laughs> Come on. it's not like I'm coming at you saying, Hey, I have it all figured out by this book. And I tell you how to quit. But I do <laughs> tell you how to fight. I think that's Amen. what it is, is I that's tell right. you how to fight. And so that's where this book was born. You be you, because I really want to see women and men for sure. But I speak mostly to women. I really want to see women believe that they matter because God made them to be them. And so he's not sitting around wishing that you would be like someone else. He yeah. wants you to be you. And so that's Amen. where you be you came from. Okay. Now just define me the subtitles for you. Success and satisfaction. Define success and define satisfaction for me. You know, I, I've noticed when I am struggling with comparison, I am mm -hmm. probably like most people that has been a struggle of mine. Um, mm -hmm. I can honestly say <laughs> it's not as big in my life right now, but it's there. It, it kind of, you know, that ugly head comes up and I compare. And so what mm. I've noticed is that when I would compare my life to someone else, mm. I was never satisfied with the life that I had because mm. I was constantly yearning for more. It's that discontentment. And so that satisfaction has come to my life, I felt the most satisfied when I'm actually living in the gifts and talents that God's giving me and not trying to be someone else. You know, mm -hmm. like if mm -hmm. I were to sit and watch your life and think if I could just be as fit, as dedicated, mm -hmm. as um, encouraging, mm -hmm. as Jesus loving as you are, mm -hmm. I would just be looking around at everyone else and I would be so dissatisfied with the life God gave me. Mm -hmm. And so right. I think there's ways for us to be satisfied with our life. And then success is a weird word. Uh, some people yeah, don't want right? to talk about it. Some people yeah. makes them nervous. Yeah. Woman. Um, but I think we have been defining success by what the culture says is success. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had a shift a handful of years ago where I thought, okay, if success as a podcaster, author, speaker, wife, mom, friend, whatever that might look like, whatever the world says is success, uh, I'll never meet it or it will constantly be changing. Or one day mm -hmm. someone says, this makes you a success. And the next day you find out it's something else. And so I thought, what if we longed for faithfulness? What mm. if we long to be faithful mm. and that would equal our success? And so Amen. I want to redefine success for myself. Now I say this all the time, Alyssa, there's a caveat. I like to work hard. I like to meet goals. Yep. I like to do Girl. the best in my job and the best at what I'm doing. And so mm -hmm. this isn't a like, oh, just be faithful and lay around and don't do your what you need That's to right. do. This is a work hard and that faithfulness that God sees, you're going to feel success and you're going to be success when you're doing what God asked you to do. So I like those two words in the title because yeah. I think that's what we want, but we're totally. scared. We're scared. Like, if I feel satisfied, am I a Christian? If I feel successful, can I be a successful woman? Like, right. how do we do all that and still love Jesus and be who he made us to be? So it was important for me that those came across that way. And sometimes I think people feel if they get too satisfied, they'll be too lazy. Mm. They might get too comfortable. Well, satisfied, what would I yeah. do? We just go, that would be, I don't even know how to settle into satisfaction. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the your book does such a great job. You guys, it's written like you're reading Jamie sitting down at the table with your friend. You talk to it, you know, you talk to us in a real That's conversation. What I want. Jamie, look at my book. Can you see how destroyed oh, it is? Oh, like you're so kind. my first few the pages fell out <laughs> by the pool side and I'm like trying to jigsaw puzzle it back together. But it's out now, hard copy. You guys can get a really beautiful yeah. saw that I saw Aaron got to them first before yes. you. Yes. It's so fun. Okay, so let's keep talking about comparison, girl. Social media. I mean, you are a woman who uses it. It's it, it absolutely is part of you. Know, I think the platform you've been given, you've been able to use it and steward it well. How do you manage it 
in that, let's talk about it in comparison and then let's talk about it as a tool. Um, I love social media. Uh, I love Instagram. It's my favorite. It's probably mm-hmm. the only place I hang out. So when I say I love social media, I should probably preface that. With, <laughs> I like, love Instagram. Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Um, I love Instagram. It's fun. It's encouraging. It has pretty pictures, all the things, but it can be a really dark place for some people. Um, yeah. it can lead you into a complete, um, downward spiral of believing everyone has everything put together everything yeah. perfect, yeah. perfect body, perfect husband, perfect job, yeah. perfect kids, right. perfect house, fill in the blank because we show what we want to show, you know? And so I use it as a tool and we'll get to there in a minute. But I, yeah. I always like to say is that in Instagram, everyone has the freedom to put whatever they want up. And mm-hmm. so when I have found myself struggling with what I'm seeing online, I am very well aware that that person's doing nothing wrong. It is not their fault. That's right. That I'm struggling with what they're putting up. Good. And yeah. so I have many times in my Instagram loving days muted people, unfollowed people. And I'm not talking about strangers that I don't know. I'm talking about people I know because my heart was struggling with comparing my life to theirs. Mm. And listen, I don't want to live there. Like I Mm -hmm. don't want to sit and compare Mm -hmm. and think that I'm not worthy and God's not using me and, Mm -hmm. and I'm just satisfied. And so I think we have to be strong, mature women who can go, okay, what do I need to do? Mm. If I feel this comparison coming up and it's coming up every time I look at Instagram, or every time I look at this person's particular profile, there's a sign there like, okay, well, maybe I can do something to prevent this. It would be like if every time I, you know, went to the grocery store, um, I said, I'm not going to go down to the dessert aisle, you know, like I'm just not going to go there Uh because I know it's going to make me want to have it. And so I'm going to put some boundaries up, you know, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. for me, like I'm going to go grocery shopping. I'm going to go to the vegetables first. Like we do that in other areas of our life. Mm -hmm. So why can't we do it in social media as well? And so I've muted, unfollowed, refollowed, remuted, like Mm -hmm. because I care more about my heart than I care about what someone else is doing on Instagram. And that's right. That takes maturity. I'm not saying I'm the most mature work person in the world. I'm saying I've gotten to a place where I know the value in that. Right. Um, and then on the on the flip side of that, I mean, I use Instagram as a really great part of my ministry. You know, totally. like everything I put online is not flippant. It is not not thought about. It mm-hmm. is sometimes it's a lot of times scheduled ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's this outpouring of how can I be a voice of the people that are following me? And so, you know, we talk about comparison and Instagram and I like to say COVID was a little rough on the Ivy household there in the beginning, you know, like <laughs> marriage was hard for us. Girl, um, yeah. but what you didn't see on Instagram was me putting a picture up of my husband and saying how mad I was at him that day. Right. And, uh, if you're my real friend, you heard that. And now sure. I talk about it now on the flip side, but that's yeah. what we have to remember when we're looking at right. Instagram is it's not the full story. It's not the full real even life. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean it's fake by any yeah. means. It just means there's more there. And so use it as a tool, use it as encouragement. But if you find your heart wondering if I could just be more like her because of what I see that she puts on Instagram, uh, we're going to need to put some guardrails up. So what do uh, tools, let's talk about social media for you as a tool. What do guardrails look like for you? Do you have like a set time limit? Do you practically speaking have anything that you implement? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have 
um, I'm not the only person that has access to my Instagram account. And mm. that sounds weird and crazy, but for me, it is a self-protected. I mean, again, they work for me and they use it as a business as well, but also it's to, there's no one sending me secret messages on Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. like there's no secret conversations. Mm-hmm. There's no secret, man, I met mm-hmm. someplace who's mm-hmm. going to send me a slide into my DMs. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that here. Uh, that's right. So that's one thing that I, that I have is people that also use it, but I use it as a tool. And I think of it as another arm of my ministry. Like I said, because everything I put out, I have to think, is this encouraging? Yeah. Is this inspiring? Is this pointing to Jesus? Is this yeah. uplifting? And so I'm a, I'm not a, a negative person per se. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not always thinking about, even though, you know, if you look at the Instagram, like I, I'm not just this Debbie Downer. A, because I work at it and B, I just don't want to be around that type of person. And so for me, I think, is this going to lift up or pull down on Instagram? Um, And so I use it as a tool and I'll be honest in 2020, um, I've also used it as a way to be an advocate, you know, an advocate uh, for helping bridge the gap between maybe some people who, that haven't thought about certain things or conversations they haven't entered into. And so that's important to me. Mm. Um, I'm figuring that out as I go, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I'll put mm-hmm. a post up and get, um, a thousand thank yous and a thousand, I hate yous, you know? And so mm. figuring out how, well, it's not, it's a thousand thank yous and you know, 25. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly. usually, but it's, it, they're loud, but it's they're loud. Few. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so I'm figuring out how to navigate that as well, but I do see social media, you know, years ago was, let me show you the scrapbook of my kid's life. And now they're like, mom, please don't put me on your social media. Like yeah. this, is, this is not, <laughs> yeah. this is not our scrapbook mom. So yeah. that's how it is for me now. Yeah. That's so, so interesting. I, um, I think too, when it comes to our use of social media and in this comparison thing, have you seen the, the documentary social dilemma? Have, have people told yet. you to see it? Oh, have people a been thousand. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's boy. like I keep waiting for a weekend for us to sit down and do it. <sighs> Tell me about it. And then my question is, should my kids watch it? Your kids should totally watch okay. it. Okay. Yeah. They're all of age. What a movie. Oh, Stories yeah. oh. how old now? 11, 12. 12? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. My daughter sat down and watched it. And I noticed the whole time because I think a lot of it is we just pick up our phone and we're picking up. We don't even know don't we're doing it. Yes. Right. And it's so this automatic thing. And it's so interesting. It's the people that started Facebook or Instagram, people that were there at the very beginning that now are speaking out when they first started, it was innocent. They're like, this was going to be fun. We're going to create the like button. And then, but they're like, we didn't realize the like button would cause teenagers to commit suicide because they, you know, these extreme things are happening, but there was a one line in there. I'm like, gosh, that's so true. The human brain, which Jamie which I'm a big fan of right here is my little, my brain model. (laughs) The human brain was never meant for this much connection with people and that much stimulation with information. Our brains were never meant for it. So now that we have a plethora of it, it's just shifting and changing the way we think and perceive our world. But it's so, it's really, really good. I noticed the whole time I was watching with Sophia, you know how we tend to like, even if we're watching TV, we pick up our phone and you just yeah. you just do it or something or whatever. Even if you have a thought, like I wonder what who's that actor. You'll uh-huh. just look it up, right? Yeah. So we both had our tables, our phones down, and I could tell both of us felt like we cannot pick up our phone because not during this we were, movie. <laughs> well, we were so aware of how played oh, yeah. we are being by social media. Uh-huh. So, anyways, I really am looking forward to watching. I've been I've heard about it so much in the past uh, two weeks, probably. Yeah, and I just keep thinking, okay, I want to like family movie night, family yep. movie night. Yeah, 
I can't, I'm, I can't wait to hear. And I want to pack up you guys following Jamie. If you haven't been following Jamie, I think the one thing you are um, kind of downplaying, which I just want to applaud you is how you stepped into the um, racial injustice conversation so boldly. And I could tell, I'm, I'm sure it, you knew you were going to, right? It's polarizing. You knew once you stepped into it, people were going to have, but what about this? And what about this? But you've done such a good job with that. So I just wanted to say, thank you. Thank you. I mean, the the truth of the matter is it's not a new conversation at our house. We've been parenting black children for 15 years. And so it's not, it's not new per se to us, Mm -hmm. but it is definitely louder. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I mean, I didn't even put this together, but someone told me this the other day. They're like, you know, the, the thing is, you have a voice right now that you could not have created and that you didn't know, but God intended for you to have this voice and look That's at the right. family he created you with. So that in this moment, you could have this voice <sighs> as a white woman who's parenting black children. And so it's almost like our family feels like a little bit of a bridge yeah, to maybe absolutely. white people who may not have had to have these conversations before, yep. not at their own fault. They just haven't had to. I mean, yep. you know, like. And then a bridge to, we're listening to our black brothers and sisters who have been having these conversations for hundreds of years and yeah. here I am as a white mom who's parenting three black children. And so even just little things like that to go, man, God, you're so gracious and kind mm. uh, to prepare us for this so moment good. and to allow me to be able to step into this sometimes so with a lot of trepidation and just go for it because he put me here. Don't you just marvel and awe and wonder about like how, what he's done with your oh. little obedient steps of yes. You're like, look at what God has, could oh you've gosh. ever seen, talk about, I mean, this is exactly this book of it, these steps to satisfaction and success that God set you up for. You could have not planned it. Correct. 100% correct. I mean, 100% <laughs> correct my entire life. And my husband, Aaron, and I were talking about this just the other day and I'm really on this. This is nothing new and I'm not about to make a profound statement by any means, but God keeps pressing the same thing over and over on me. And it's, it's our entire life is made up of little bitty steps of obedience. And yes. that's not a new statement, but it's something that I'm, cause I'm looking at families that I know that are unraveling and that mm. unraveling did not happen in a moment that unraveling mm. happened of small little steps of disobedience, Mm. you Mm. know, and I'm looking at other people who are living like in their, in their purpose, in their goal. And that didn't happen overnight either. That happened with little bitty steps of obedience. And I just keep thinking about how we underestimate our daily obedience because it feels little. Come on. But in the long game, that's what gets us where we're going is those small steps. It's like, I'm going to mess up this example, but I heard one time someone talking about like moving a ship and you just move it a little bit. And then next thing you know, it's way off course. And that yeah, you're in China instead movement, of Europe. Yes, yeah. That small movement of never correct, never correcting that. And then it's another, oh. and you just keep going further and further. Um, I, I just, man, I'm really just thinking about obedience a lot these days and how some obedience people will never know. It's not a public obedience. You know, it's a daily, just between you and the Lord obedience. And that can feel small and you can start to feel like it's not worth it. Um, But I'm here to say, like, even if we're talking about marriage, you know, 20, almost 20 years being married. And then we're at the stage where we're starting to see marriages of people that we know and do life with Mm -hmm. struggle. And we've struggled Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with struggling. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean anything. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're starting to see them unravel. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but think, man, God, thank you for the small steps of obedience that felt Mm -hmm. maybe dumb and little Mm -hmm. five years into marriage, 10 years into marriage, but we're seeing the fruit of that. The fruit. 
Amen. Yeah. Okay, back it up to, there's a story in the book. You talk about going to a conference. It's like one of the first conferences you went to in South Carolina. And you, you know, talking about finding your gift and finding your voice. Let me, let me set up the question with this. First of all, did you, as a little girl, think, I'm going to be a Christian communicator? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> what did you, what did you, what, you want to be? What were your gifts? Did anyone call out your gifts as a communicator or... Was there something there as a thread? I don't think so. I was a teacher and a coach before we had kids. Okay. And I love that. Um, okay. I love teaching. I love coaching. Uh, and so I feel like I do that, you know, okay. in different ways now. Uh, but no, this was never on the radar. In fact, you know, podcasting wasn't even in existence when I was in college. And so right. it's not, no one was podcasting because it didn't right. exist. You know, right. like I didn't have a personal computer in college. Right. Um, right. And now, you know, we have 17 laying around our house as if, yeah. you know, yeah. Totally. But no, I didn't, um, I didn't plan this at all, which is just crazy to think about. And, and that story that you're alluding to is one of the first times I traveled to speak anywhere. And, um, <laughs> The funny thing is, is I, I remember this was actually probably the second time I traveled because the first time Jess Conley, our, multi, our uh, uh-huh. friend, invited me to come to her conference. And I, I will never forget where I was sitting when she called me. I was getting my hair done. And I remember thinking, what, you're going to put, you're going to buy me a plane ticket? Like <laughs> you're inviting, like it was just the most outlandish, crazy thing to me. And I'll never forget it. But this particular event, I was there. And I was teaching a class on podcasting, which is also so funny. And yeah, because you've been podcasting about fifteen months minute, at that point. A minute, yeah, a minute. Yes. <laughs> she's <laughs> the girl now, you know. <laughs> um, and so I was doing this, but what happened that was so difficult for me is I showed up at that mm-hmm. hotel, and people were stopping me and telling me how much they loved my show. And and I I love when that happens, not because I need people to stop me, but because you and I are recording this podcast and there's nobody here. Totally. It's just you and I. And it's, so then, yeah. we, then we put it out into the world and then who knows, you know? Right. So when people come up to you and say, this is what your show means to me, you're like, totally. oh my gosh, you listen. The there's somebody on the other side. Yes. Yeah. It's the best. But that was happening and that had never happened to me before. And I had some meetings scheduled that week where people had reached out to me uh, about being a potential agent or a potential publishing deal. And so- yeah. It, it, I was a mess. Let me tell you, cause yeah. that, that all happened in the hotel lobby. People recognized me. And then I went to a couple meetings and, um, I, I got really, really flustered. I mean, really flustered to where I, I ran up to my hotel room. It's like a movie. This is like a Hallmark movie. I'm just like, I'm about to cry. I can hardly keep myself together. This is not my norm. Like I, I'm a big girl. Right. Mm-hmm. And I get into my hotel and I, I literally, I take my clothes off, put my pajamas on and get in the bed because that is my MO one time I told my friend, I was like, man, I'm going to just take a nap today during the workday. She's like, take it. You need it. I was like, no, if I take a nap in the middle of the day, it's because I am hiding. So you cannot <laughs> let me take a nap. That is my, I can't handle life. I'm going to go back to bed. And so yeah. I put my pajamas on. I got back in the bed. I called my husband and I said, I can't do this. Like I'm not ever doing another conference. I'm definitely not writing a book. Like, I, I cannot handle what I just went through downstairs. And uh, my sweet husband, looked at, well, he didn't look at me. He was on the phone. He said to me, he said, he said, you need to get up and get dressed and go back downstairs. Good man. And I was like, what? Yeah. You're somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) You're supposed to make me feel better, not get better. Yes. I mean, I really wanted him to be like, baby, you just stay in the bed. You're good. But he didn't. (laughs) He really said, you get dressed and you go back downstairs and you go to the rest of the meetings. And, um, that was hard and that was difficult, but 
he was right. Like he, I think so many times we're having um, opportunities to do stuff and it's hard and it's yeah. difficult and it feels out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And um, sometimes hard and difficult doesn't equal bad. You know, it just means go do what you're supposed to do. And I didn't know then what I know now, which is the whole point of this whole story is I didn't know then what God had prepared for me ahead. Yeah. And don't you think there's something about when you're, and in the book, you put this, I believe in the context of talking about the parable of the talents. Mm-hmm. So like we're, we're just supposed to use it. We're supposed to invest in it. So your talent, literally talent is starting to draw out of you. And the minute I say this to a lot of our instructors too, the minute we start to maybe step into this potentiality of something greater that's beyond ourselves, then we're exposed and you feel like a potential, I'm a fraud. I don't I'm have enough fraud. history. I, I don't do have this. enough of this, but that's exactly the setup of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Of course you don't have enough yeah. because it's my calling, dear right. Jamie, dear yes. Elisa. So you have yeah. to continue to face, that's the struggle. That's the tension of, I could just lay down and, and not yeah. do it. But man, and the, the fact is, that you do. I could have just laid in that bed and not done it. You that's know, right. I not called Aaron, totally. Aaron could have played into that. And, right? I, and then I would have gotten up. I would have done my thing. I would have gone home and who knows mm. what would have happened. But it, you mentioned the parable. It's that the story is that Jesus is telling as the master gives three of his servants, three different amounts of money. Right. Two of them double it and come back. Mm-hmm. The master comes back. They double it. Look what we did. Mm-hmm. And one of them buries, buries it. it. And he says, I, I didn't know what to, he buries his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I see a lot of women doing is mm. they don't know how to handle it. They're afraid of it. They're scared of it. And so instead of stepping out in that fear and yeah. stepping out and doing it, they just decide I'm not going to do anything. And the truth is none of us can do anything without Jesus. And so yeah. stepping out, going for me, going back downstairs to those meetings or that's stepping right. out and doing this or your instructor stepping out and getting out of their comfort zone. Right. It's not because we're amazing. Come on. It's because we need Jesus and because he does it through us. Okay. So when's the last time you did something really scary? Because, right, it's little by little. What was once very scary, like writing a book? Well, now you wrote two books. Okay. Kind of have it now. But what, what's the most recent one you felt tempted to bury yourself? Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but I've been invited. So I'll tell you that. And so I've said yes. Um, okay. But it's scary. So I got invited to have this conversation about faith and politics. Ooh. And let me tell you, I I think that we have an obligation as citizens of this country and as Christ followers to engage in politics. It's not my lane. Like, as I I'm say, not, you're going to have to. my lane. <laughs> I, I don't have a sign in my yard. I'm not at any convention. I'm going to vote, you know, I'm going to do right, that in right. my local and national elections. But this is about praying and then voting, you know, like praying and listening and voting. And so I yeah. got invited to do it. And honestly, um, my first reaction was, I wonder how many people they invited that said no. And then they got to me, you know, that was my first, like, <laughs> cause I just thought, and it's on a, a, a big television thing. And so Mm. I haven't gone yet. I said, yes, they, uh, the plane tickets are bought. I'm, I'm on my way. You're going. Yeah. But I told you, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be really scared. Um, and, 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 you know, fearful, but I'm going to do it because I believe that God has opened that door for me to do it. And, and honestly, right. like, although I had that first thought of, I wonder how many people they asked before they said, no, I, I kind of mentioned something like that to my assistant. And she said what my husband says to me often, they invited you because they wanted you. That's like, right. Like they didn't just accidentally send you an email. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. oh, there was crap, an intention. Wrong email. Right. Intention. And so I think that is something that I Good. want people to know is that like, not, not only do you already have a voice at the table, like God has a table and everyone's invited and you have a voice. Um, right. But when people invite you into 
project, a job, a conversation, a room or whatever, Mm -hmm. you were invited because they wanted you there. That's right. And so what I've had to learn is for me to say, well, they, they invited me, but they probably didn't mean it. So I'm going to say no, because I don't feel like I'm good enough. That is burying the talent. That is saying, I am so scared that I'm going to do nothing. And I, I just, I can't, I can't. I can't be scared to do nothing. I was driving in the car the other day with my daughter and she just out of the blue said, mom, do you think there's a lot of people who don't live up to their fullest potential? And I was like, oh, she just opened the door. I'm like, here I go. Sophia, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people saved by grace, called by God, but don't live up to that full potential because of the setback or because of the struggle, because of the the Red Sea, the thing. But we have to walk by faith. You have to step into it. And with that, that obedience always releases something. I, I think there are more people that they're saved. They see Jesus. And, and like we said with you, you could have sl- stayed in the bed, buried yourself. Jesus wasn't going to love you any less for getting staying in bed, nor love you any more for getting out of bed. Exactly right. But he wanted you to know, and he's giving you a gift. You can have it if you step into it. Mm-hmm. So, so, true. so good. This book, you guys, you can get it. Where can they get it? Everywhere, right, everywhere. Jamie? Everywhere. You can get it everywhere you All might the, possibly buy a book. All are, the you, are you in Target? It's at Target.com. It's there. So. Come on. I know. Are you, are you in the airports? What, remember, remember when we used to travel? Well, you're traveling again now. I have started traveling again, which is so great. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll see maybe your face in the airport. Those are always the fun ones. I don't know. That would be fun. If anyone saw my my face in the airport, I, I think that would be like, oh my gosh, that's the craziest thing that's ever Let's do it. You guys, you guys, you, okay, readers, you are listeners, you've heard, be on the lookout in the airports for Jamie's book. I have a total confidence it's going to be there. Okay, Jamie, before you go, I love answering a couple questions on just in the wellness, fitness, health. You know, everyone's always curious about other people's um, schedules or what they do. So. Tell us what's your favorite way to move your body. My favorite way to move my, if I could move my body any way and I didn't have to worry about anything hurting. Right. It would, it would be running. Um, but I, um, I had to really give that up, but I still move. I walk. My favorite thing is to walk. Um, I did orange theory a couple of years ago and that was my top favorite, anything I've ever done, but my back just couldn't sustain. And so mm. for me walking and um, I'll tell you what, it, I have had to lay down a lot of pride to be a walker. Isn't that true? Oh, I've had to lay down a lot of pride because I would think this is not good enough. I should right. be running. Because um, you used to run in the past. So I'm getting slower. Run, I'm so. getting older whatever all those things are. Uh, or I'm just a loser. Like, like I need to be, like, why do I think runners are awesome and walkers are loose? That's not okay. Amen. <laughs> um, and so I, I love walking in my neighborhood. I'm really um, fortunate to live. We live on four acres and we have, yeah. our neighborhood is just trees and it's beautiful. So I, I love to walk um, uh, in my neighborhood. And then I love to go downtown Austin and walk around town lakes. So that's my favorite way to move my body. So do you move a couple times a week? Do you try to have, do you have a schedule routine? Uh, my schedule would be to mo- be in the office by nine. My kids get on the bus at 7.50. So between okay. 7.45 and 8.30. Okay. Move. You can head out and move. Head Love out it. and move and then get into the office still. Yep. And that's actually neuroscience wise. That's the best because when you move your body, you're creating new, uh, your hippocampus creates new brain cells at two to three times the rate as if you were just sitting down. So if you move your body and start processing or thinking through things or whatever, having ideas or thoughts of God, and then come to sit down and do your work, 
it's actually been proven you have good mental clarity for about a good 90 minutes. Like you'll get your best work done Ooh, right after that. I need to remember that. Maybe that's why I pace when I'm on important phone calls. That's true. That I, 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 I get, I bet I a hundred percent bet that's true. Whole, yeah. Yeah. So that's how I do okay. it. And I love it. Favorite pair of workout. What's the workout wear apparel? You, you are like, love it. What are those shorts I told you about? They're the tie-dye oh, looking Our ones. athletas. Yes. You love your athletas? I, I um, but those are my first pair of bike shorts or biker uh-huh. shorts. I don't know. Right. It's like the, all the cool kids are wearing them. And so I got <laughs> them and now I have like two or three more and I yes. love them. Me too. Oh, I love them so much. It's, and the higher waisted they are, the better. Just tuck it all oh. in. I said, they're just going to come all the way up to our neck pretty That's soon. Exact, we'll just- and I'm fine with it. I'm like, <laughs> give me, uh, give it, pull it all the way up. All the um, way, wrap But it I'm up. loving, uh, I'm loving those um, biker shorts that I just recently got. Yeah, me too. And Athleta is a good brand. I think we've a lot of people go different ways, but Athleta tends to be a, a top one around here. Yeah. Okay. Coffee, tea, or kombucha? Coffee. I like kombucha too, but I drink coffee every morning. And how many, will you stop at a certain time of day where you can keep going? <laughs> It depends on when I start because I, I feel like I, 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 I don't need, I have about three cups a day. Okay. So if I start that first one at nine, I could be close to like noon when I'm having my last one because, um, yeah, so I can get three cups in, but wow. I like to have it first thing in the morning. So that's mm-hmm. when it's good. I'm not, I've never been a coffee drinker. I'm a kombucha drinker more than anything else. Not even really a soda drinker, but my recently, my husband got an espresso. We got an espresso oh, in the house. I love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! It's I been know. a little problematic. I I'm, I'm find myself just gravitating towards it in the middle of the day. But I, I caffeine too much caffeine for me, and and I feel it. So I drink too many sparkling waters. Oh, the spin drifts. Yeah, yeah. This I'm not. I don't like. Like if you laid out a bucket of pineapple and asked me to eat it, I wouldn't go for it. I'm like, I, I don't love fruit that much, mm. but this pineapple sparkling water is so good. You go through it. Oh yes. Yeah. Right. I like, I don't, um, water has to have something to it. I drink a lot of water, but I put things in it. Yeah. Otherwise mm-hmm. can't do it. Yeah. All right, Jamie. Well, before you go, what's something you'd want the listener to know that only you can tell them? I think I would want them to know um, that your life matters right where you are, um, that you there, there's not um, bigger and better on the other side, uh, that God has really big things in store for you right where you are, um, and big in the terms of, of His bigness, not big in the terms of culture, what they might say is big and grand, uh, because that's deceiving and not always true and not always good even. And so to trust that God really has a purpose for you right where you are. Amen. Thank you for being our really good friend today. You're always our friend. I'm so grateful to be here. Thanks, Jamie.